Hey, everybody, Scotty Milas, Scott Milas, FranchiseCoach.com. Another episode of What's Your No, Know Your Why, and all things considering franchising. Hey, I got a great guest today, and I'm really excited about this because I met this gentleman, I, I don't know, I, I, I guess it was just by chance three years ago, two and a half, yeah. three years ago. I mean, time flies when you're having fun. Um, and I was in uh, the market uh, for a CRM. And really a CRM that uh, focused in on the franchising industry. Could never understand that all these systems are out there for the franchisor, but there wasn't any system for the consultant development person franchisee uh, and, 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 of course, bettering the franchisor. So I'm pleased to announce and have on my show today Dave Hansen, president of Client Tether. Dave, hello. Hey, thanks for having me, Scotty. I appreciate that. It's good to see you again. I know, uh, to be transparent, you and I just spent a few days uh, in Fort Lauderdale at, one of our, at our conference, and wow, what an experience, huh? A lot of people. Yeah, it's, it's so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm still recovering a little bit because uh, there was a lot going on, you know, 7 a.m. to about 2 a.m. some nights, so I'm, I'm not as young as I once was. Yeah, well, look, let's take a couple of minutes here and uh, kind of get the audience caught up on who Dave Anson is, who Client Tether is your connection to the franchise industry. Uh, I will tell uh, the audience that uh, you are one of those suppliers in the industry uh, that really has your finger on the pulse of what's going on. Uh, kind of the things that shouldn't be happening, the things that are happening, uh, things that are working, things are not working. And I just thought as someone who is looking to open a business, considering a franchise, maybe for the first time, or even diversifying a current portfolio, mm -hmm. technology is becoming more and more relevant in the decision process. So yeah. tell us a little bit about you, client tether, a little bit of history, and we'll just kind of take the conversation from there. How does that work for you? That sounds great. You know, no one ever complains about talking about themselves. So uh, we can start with that. <laughs> but we'll move on quickly, I promise. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I'm, and, and thanks, Scott, those are kind words. Uh, I do certainly try to keep my finger on the pulse of what's happening, uh, both for our company strategically, but also clients and friends in the space, you know, like, uh, I guess I'm one of those guys, like I, I, I've been accused of being a know-it-all, but I do like to know what's going on in the space. So, um, first me, uh, I've been, been, man, uh, started my first sales gig when I was five, uh, and, uh, selling things door to door. That's a funny story for another time though, Scotty, have I told you that story? <laughs> That's interesting. No, we got to share a beer over that one. I am. I thought making pizzas, starting making pizzas at nine was, uh, was, uh, was exciting, but wow. Door to door sales at five. Well, yeah, I, I, we'll talk about that at a later yeah, time. Another that time. is funny. That is awesome. It's the punchline is the killer part, but you would blush and it's it's hilarious. <laughs> Makes my mother cringe every time I tell the story. But uh, but I, I've been in sales really ever since, uh, leading you know across like ed education tech, high tech sales, uh, translation industry right before I was recruited to come over and be the president of Client Tether. Uh, so, but, but I've always tried to plug into the ecosystem. If you understand the ecosystem in the industry and who the key players are and, and how people find information, like you really tend to understand a lot. And so uh, in, in the, and, and let's talk about client tether and then let's start talking about industry stuff like what people really want to yep. know, right? Uh, but we're, so uh, I, I'm the president, help run, help run client tether, which is a technology company that was founded by the guy that founded uh, Five Star Painting and, and was one of the co-founders of Five Star Franchising and, and uh, founder of 
painter one. Like he's, he's really entrenched in the service industry. And you know, eight and a half years ago, uh, when he exited before the Dwyer group picked up a five-star painting, he started his own company and he said, man, there's no tech. There's no tech to help me create scale. Um, they'd kind of created their own tech stack over there that he'd helped design. So he designed probably tether uh, to address a bunch of issues in the space. But you know, people have a hard time getting in touch with leads and nurturing leads. So he built a system that automates all that. So, and then he built a system that can automate, you know, quoting and proposal management, right. online rep and, and like, and, you know, post-sell nurturing and referral gathering, like all this stuff that you'd want in a service business, or as it turns out in a, a franchise consulting business or, a, but it was built for franchisors and franchisees. So it's, if you look at any other big box solution, you know, the names everybody knows, the HubSpots, the Confusion Softs, the sales forces, they're designed for a single enterprise like a pharmaceutical sales organization or a high-tech sales organization with a very complex data model on the back end and very complicated user interface. And, and so we built a system that's the opposite, very easy to use. Uh, our dev mantra for a long time was if a dumb painter can't use it, yep. then don't build it. So um, you, you use it, so you know, it's, it's simple. Yep. Like it's not hard to use, but it's also got this engine behind it that can automate so much that it creates scale at a, at a local franchisee level across a whole network or for a consultant or for a franchisor doing friend ever, whatever the situation is, it was designed to, to create scale and simplify the complexities of running right. a business and also create visibility. And you know, that's, that's the other aspect when you're running a business, right? You got to know what's yeah. happening. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things that has always impressed me about client tether and your team, uh, Kurt and everybody else, uh, Kent, um, is the, the adjustment to change. Um, you know, people, people look at the franchising industry and say, well, it doesn't change. Well, you and I know that it's constantly changing and the power information is always changing. Um, and as your company grows, you bring on more and more clients and the harder it becomes to please everyone. Let's face it, mm -hmm. there's no such thing as a perfect franchise and there's no such thing as a perfect system. So yeah. adapting to change has always been, you know, one of the things that I've admired about your company, the patience, the listening. Uh, I think you and I had a conversation last week that a lot, not a lot, but a good chunk of your changes and improvements, enhancements mm -hmm. uh, have come from people like myself, other consultants, other franchisors, franchisees. Talk about change in the technology side what you've seen over the last, I don't know, couple of years, as long as you've been doing it, where do you see the technology and franchising going? Mm -hmm. And, you know, what's the ride going to be like for us? Yeah. Well, thanks for the, thanks for the feedback, Scotty. I know change, change is hard. It's hard for an industry. It's hard for a business. Uh, it's hard for people to see what needs to be done. And, and, and frankly, I think there's a lot of ego that gets in the way. That's one thing that we tried to avoid is, is like we, we are, I bet you 50 to 60% of our, of our platform innovations come from feedback from our clients. Uh, and, you know, like you're saying, maybe even more than that. So some, some sprints, I'll bet it's 70 to 80%. And then other sprints, maybe half or 25, right? But it's, it's a high right. percentage of our overall dev. Um, there, the, the reality is everything's changing, right? Everything's changing all the time. And if you, and if you take a stance that I'm just going to like, I'm going to stay right here and not change, you're going to get passed by at some point in your career, in your life, in your business model, uh, it, because the marketplace is changing. The economy, good heavens, like we've seen such economic turmoil the last couple of years. Like if you're not paying attention, listening to the signs, listening to people who are on the ground, you get out of touch. 
and yeah, then you start no, building stuff that right. people don't want. So let's talk about a few specific changes, right? Uh, in technology and in, in the land, the landscape. Uh, there was a period of time, I'd say it probably ended about five years ago, where everyone was saying, boy, I want an all-in-one platform. I want everything under one roof in franchising. Uh, you know, think there are big, big, big tools out there, right? like a Fran Connect, for example, or something that try, they try to do everything. What happens, though, is you do everything at a C minus level, right? And like, and eventually, every, or maybe you've got one A plus and then a bunch of Cs. And, and people start to get annoyed because you have limitations in the system. They usually get uber expensive. Trying to make a change in a massive platform like that is pretty, pretty much impossible if you need a customization. So the industry started to pull away from that and say, okay, now I'm going to get, it's called micro architecture, right? But I'm going to, I'm going to find the right tool for the job. And I'm going to make sure that it's got good ways to get data in like an API. And it's got a good way to get data out, like a webhook, right? So there are people now who are trying to find what's the best sales automation CRM. I'm going to plug that right. in. What's what's the best franchise onboarding tool? I'm going to plug that in. And I'm going to make sure they talk. And then what's the best? Um, I don't know. You pick pick another tool, right? What's the best marketing tech stack? I'm going to plug that in, rather than say I'm going to buy HubSpot and then pray I can make it all kind of work together right. and sort of kind of bend it. Spend eighty grand and try to customize it so it might work in franchising. Nope. People aren't doing that anymore because they've gotten more savvy than that. And so as a tech supplier, now the, the pressure is actually on all of us to say, can my system play nice and talk to everybody? And, and so uh, that's one of the things we, we specialize in is like making sure everything talks. But, but the people that haven't invested in that, especially young companies, it's hard to have good APIs when you're young. Right, they right. A little bit in that ecosystem. Is simplicity becoming a norm? I mean, are, are, you know, when you look back at technology and, 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 and evolution of technology, you know, when we think back how complicated it is, but now with plug and plays, things that you're talking about, simplicity mm -hmm. has really become the norm. Is that correct? I mean, well, I, yeah, I don't know if you simplicity to use. I mean, look, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm 62. Mm -hmm. I'm not shy about it. And, and, yeah. and I still struggle with technology. So yeah, is, is simplicity kind of that norm on the operational side, the, the franchisee coming into the system, you know, all these buttons to press, or is it, let's make it really simple and only have them touch a few buttons. You know, what's funny is that should be the norm. That should be the norm, but that's not what I see. We replace a lot uh, and, and are exposed to a lot of very complicated, very messy systems, but, but this is why, to be fair, I don't, I don't want to, you're not going to hear me dog on the industry. Like I love this industry. The people in it are golden. Like you can't find better people. They're just, uh, and this is, this is the, the, the driver. I've been trying to put my finger on this for years. Like, why is it that we have such bad technology strategy in the franchising industry in general, but it's because a gentleman who had a pest control business was very successful and they started to franchise it. And that gentleman is the CEO of the franchise system now, but he's not a CTO. He, he, he still, he, his experience is running a single unit entity. Right. And so, and this is where, you know, emerging brands, I love them because they're, they're so hungry for information, like how to make it work better. Because they realize after they dive into that pool, they're no longer running a pest control business. They're running an enterprise with not enough money to run an enterprise yet until they get, you know, 30 to 50 franchises under them. They're trying to learn how to sell franchises, how to build technology strategies, how to be a marketer, like all this stuff they didn't have to really do before at a different level. And right. so, uh, but that's, that's, I think why it's, it's usually not honestly, people have very complicated technical stacks today, but it's because they have industry, they have industry tools from their industry that aren't suited for franchising, you know, CRM right. is one, but a lot of their operations tools, They'll use like, let's say like a jobber or like a, uh, like a house call pro or a good tool 
in an, for an, a single entity business, but when you try to franchise that, the data blows up and now you've got right. no visibility. And so that's, that's a challenge a lot of people have. Simplicity, however, Scott, should be the byword. It should be the strategy because if right. a franchisee can't operate easily without, without calling the home office four or five times a week to figure out how to push a button, then, then you're going to have serious scale problems. So let me just kind of help the audience out a little bit. So, you know, and I, and I don't want to assume because we know what happens on assumption. Um, <laughs> just for definition sense, I, I just want to make sure that the audience understands the franchise or when we talk about a franchise or they are the brand. Uh, mm -hmm. They are the owner of the brand. Uh, they kind of call the shots. They build the systems. They build the operational side, the marketing side and everything. The franchisee is the person who invests in the business become a franchise owner. So mm -hmm. I just want to make sure that people understand that. But we all know why franchisors have systems because they, they need systems and technology to manage the franchisees. But on my level, and you do work with people that are in my industry, the consultant side, mm -hmm. uh, we're working with the potential franchisee or the franchisee that already owns businesses uh, that's looking to diversify. Maybe they own multiple brands. Now they're looking to add another one. Mm -hmm. How should technology be viewed or how should the franchisee, the potential franchisee of this mm -hmm. new brand, look at technology as an asset or a tool to them to be successful? Outside of just product and service. I mean, oh, yeah. no, no, that, this that, is... that's important. But yeah. With the evolution that we've been talking about, about technology, there is now a back end. So how does a franchisee or somebody new coming into business ownership, what's their best strategy to evaluate the tools that the franchisor is giving them mm -hmm. to help them be successful? Not guarantee success, but help them be successful. Yeah, yeah. You got to be careful with words like that <laughs> in space, right? Uh, yeah, here, I, I, that's such a good question, Scott. And let me, I mean, maybe I comment on the question first and then we talk about the answer. But what, what I don't see a lot of times, well, let me actually talk about what I do see. Let's, let's spin the positive. When I work with brands that have cohesive technologies that are simple, very few touch points, maybe like, let's say two, maybe three total tools that a franchise is going to have to operate in their cohesive technology strategy changes their dialogue. And as if I'm, if I was looking for a franchise and I working in this industry, Scott, I'm always tempted to buy a franchise. I'm like, right. that'd be a really good one. Holy cow. Um, because I see what I see on the back end is that's an easy to operate business model. There's proven success rate. What I'm going to be is this, I'm going to help. I'm going to be selling and I'm going to be, I'm going to be parsing out work and it's good like I can see simplicity in the way that the operations are going to run and that that a lot of the minutiae has been managed by technology or services by the franchisor like if 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 that's my story as a franchisor then I'm going to get a different I'm going to attract the right kind of buyer I'm going to be attracting savvy business people okay. that are looking for semi-absentee uh, franchise opportunities and not everyone wants those right but if you want somebody who's going to buy three or four then, then generally you want you want a model that's going to be semi-absentee. It can't be without tech. And, okay. and if you start to dive into that tech, now the franchisee, right? If, I, if I'm looking for a franchise, things that I want to know, I want to know how many technology tools am I going to have to touch on a daily basis? And, Great and how much time do people spend on these technology tools? I want to see them, like show me what they do. Um, and obviously discovery days for that, right? But um, if I don't, if I see and they, and I, that, you know, a day in the life, give me a five minute day in the life. What are the things I'm going to do? And they show me the walkthrough and it is 
do this and now step out of that tool now step into this tool now if i see they're going in and out of three to four different tools i'm going to probably be more wary of that because it's going to it's going to that's all manpower now it's sucking the life out of me i'm going to have to work an extra 10 hours a week just to make sure the tools are in sync versus a cohesive tech strategy where the the tech actually adds scale now i don't i don't have to work 10 hours a week because right. of the tech. that's what i'd be looking for so on the scale side uh, that, that's a great point the scale side you know, a lot of people going into or looking at franchising for the first time slowly get educated that maybe you need multiple territories, multiple locations, you know, whether it's mm -hmm. a territory, a retail location. Um, and, and to educate our listeners, the technology uh, for one unit needs to be able to be scalable for multiple units or multiple territories. Would, would mm -hmm. you agree to that, that the, the idea of being able to have three locations, five locations, 10 locations, stop when you're done, that technology has to be able to help that franchisee and its management mm -hmm. team. Because if you're at that level, you you have a management team now mm -hmm. uh, to connect the dots and the communication between the locations, territories. Is that is, is that a fair assessment? Oh, absolutely. In fact, key, a key indicator there are red flags to look for. If you're if you're considering multiple territories and you hear oh you're gonna so every territory will have its own login if you hear that phrase then you probably want to take a step back uh, because that means the technology wasn't designed for a multi-unit owner uh, you don't want that uh, now and, and you got to be careful because sometimes let's say if you're using our system like you might have a login for each specific location but you as the franchise or, or the the multi-unit owner you'd have one and you can see it all like it's right. designed for that so just to clarify that point but you, you want to be careful if, if the technology can't scale and give you better visibility as you expand your empire through this this vertical of this franchise concept then you got to be careful uh, because you the technology will then start to become a stumbling block and it it removes scale rather than creates it as you try to scale your, 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 uh, your, you know, the number of units that you own, so you can boost your revenue and your income. As you hop on a jet uh, and, you know, go visit people, franchisors, let's stick on the franchisor sort because, uh, you know, or, or franchisees, let's, let's stick with both franchisors and franchisees. As you hop on your debt and you do your traveling and you're meeting with clients and talking about enhancements and improvements, um, I'm a big believer that analytics data is very important. In any mm -hmm. type of business, I don't care. You know, if you're selling lemonade, you need to know your analytics. Um, yeah. Is there any information or data that you would you see that franchisors or franchisees should pay more close attention to than they are that than they are? Is there something out there that you know is kind of that blind spot? You know that you know. I mean, is is there anything that you see that is, is more important than any anything else? And the They're, data side? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, two things. They shock me when I talk to people uh, and, and I ask them, well, what is this metric? And they usually say, I have no idea. Uh, the franchisors and the franchisees. Uh, sometimes the franchisees will have it depending upon their system. But I ask them about what, what is your conversion rate from stage to stage in your sales cycle? Uh, where, where do you lose people? What's, where's your biggest attrition point in the sales flow? Uh, almost nobody knows. Um, uh, and, and just as a sidebar, I used to run a help run a technology company uh, that was doing translation. Uh, and they, I, we were Salesforce users, and I was trying to get that data out of the platform and worked with tech right. support 
And I said, hey, how do I get this? Like, oh, well, you have to hire a consultant. They have to build that report for you. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, you're supposed to be right. these data monsters. And <laughs> I can't even find out at what sales cycle I'm losing my people. And like, nope. And then I got a bill uh, for it or an estimate. And it was like almost a $12,000 custom bill just to get to that data. Well, it's so valuable. Uh, I ended up coming to client tether and, and we've, we've provided. And that's right. kind of the point. Like, you need to be able to see this. And part of the reason they can is because they're complex data structure on the back end we streamline that but uh the, the the reality is if you can't see your sales your sales flow and your candidate flow if you're a franchise consultant or your your customer flow from lead from cradle to grave in one dashboard and see where you're losing people that's one area where you're losing money because you don't have visibility into your data uh, you should How be does able that to see tie into the franchisee side somebody who's looking at mm -hmm. franchises or considering owning a business um, I mean, I know that some of what you're talking about on the retail side can tie into the POS system, but I'm yep. sure there's a connection to or some of the data that you can't get on your POS system is more in line with what you can get on client tether. So where is the connection for that? If somebody is, you know, going to discovery day at this point, they've narrowed down their search. Mm -hmm. How, what should they be looking for on the franchisee side? I would, I would imagine that the a service-based business is different than a retail business, the data, what you're looking yeah. for. So on a service-based business, is it if the franchisor is offering call centers, scheduling, things like that, follow-up, email campaigns, maybe talk a little bit more about what they're looking for or what they should be looking for on the franchisee side, potential yeah, so, franchisee side. Sure thing. So uh, transitioning from what we we're talking about to this, uh, one thing they've got to look for is uh, visible data like they got to have data visibility right it's simple dashboarding something that shows me how am i doing today how am i doing this week how am i doing this month without them having to dig into reports and look into excel uh, if the answer is excel then the tools aren't good enough yet right <laughs> but the sh shifting gears though like what are some other functional things they should be looking for yeah read you're right retail's totally different on retail pos should be able to tell you um and e-com tools e-commerce tools should be able to tell you like visitors versus buys uh, things, things like that. Uh, and POS is going to, I mean, all POS tells you is like who bought, uh, not who walked through the door typically. Right. So, um, anyway, uh, so, but it's different, right. That data is different. It's a different operating, right. but on the service side, uh, there, there are certain things that you absolutely must, uh, have in place or things that you should be looking for. Like uh, if you have a franchisor that takes over a lot of the back office work and the minutia and the operating overhead, for example, like you, you brought this one up, but do they have the ability to streamline the my lead follow-up and scheduling? So I spend my time at a higher partial, like a lower in the sales funnel or a higher level function in the sales process. That that's that's great because that creates scale. You want to own three territories. Well, if you have to follow up on every lead in three territories, one you better have really good tech that automates it. Uh, I know a guy who does that. Uh, but then, but if you're if they don't do that, creating real scale, like in like having a call center or having an yes. internal CSR team that manages those appointments and and, and optimizes it in house, honestly, is better than third party uh, every time. But if you can't, if you don't have third, if they don't have in house, but they have a third party that does it, you need to know the metrics. What are their conversion rates? So if they say, yeah, we have a call center that we outsource to, ask them what is your conversion, what's your schedule rate from new inbound leads to appointments, and if that number is anything less than like 30 to 40%, that's a bad fit. You okay. want to take it over yourself. Um, <laughs> I've, I've got clients that, that sit at 70% and they do it in-house using our automations. That's a good number. 
Uh, it's a really good number. It's about two to three X most industry numbers, but if they've got a call center, they're not scheduling at least 30 to 40% of all those leads. They got a problem and, and you should probably not uh, purchase that franchise or find out why that rate is so low. You got to ask more questions at that point because that should be a trigger. So it's safe to say then, and, and, and again, just kind of pushing this out a little bit. And one of the things that I've learned uh, since being, being, having my, my fingers on client tether is the, the ability to communicate with people, my database on a regular basis without going in one by one with this client, that client, the automation. So mm -hmm. is the automation, the campaign side, whether it's text messaging, uh, email campaigns, uh, reminders uh, to the franchisee's client base, and as somebody looking at a franchise, to help mm -hmm. streamline those processes of communicating with potential clients, because they mm -hmm. may not be a client now, but hopefully maybe down the road, remaining mm -hmm. in contact with those people, important. I mean, do you see the analytics to support that? Oh, baby. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, let me tell you a funny story. I'll, I'll tell this with a case study. We had a, a, a this is a someone selling franchises, but the same thing is true of, of leads that, that you've already paid for. Most people look at old leads or people that didn't convert ah, they didn't want to buy it or bad lead, right? Bad lead, bad lead. They'll even label them bad leads. Uh, some people do that in our platform. Um, but the reality is sometimes their conversion rate is pretty good. Uh, in the franchise sales space, we had a group that did a pilot and they said, we, we got a whole bunch of old leads, but let's take 40 of them. Let's just drop them in a, re, a rehash campaign that included text and emails only and um, no calls because we can automate calls too, or even brownies in the mail. But like it was just texts and emails. And then let's just see what happens. This is what they said. So they, they turned it on and within 60 days, they'd already sold one franchise. They had two people in FDD reviews. They had one person scheduled for discovery day. They had like, of wow. the 40, they had like seven people that were actively involved in the end, the tail end of the sales pipeline, 60 days. Uh, and and it, when, we, when I looked at the data, I was like, holy cow, they reported it back to us. And uh, and I realized that their conversion rates on those, on those old dead leads was actually two and a half times higher than industry averages for, for franchise sales conversion. And they were dead. So yep. you got it. Oh, I, I've seen, I've seen the value in that. I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's the beauty of the, the, and again, not to make this all about client tether because it is about the industry, yeah. but it is important that that communication and, and having that ability through client tether, you know, mm -hmm. one of the things that you and I had talked about and, and we're kind of winding down here. So uh, time flies when you're having fun, I guess, but, uh, and talking about something that's interesting. Um, one of the things that you and I had touched on, um, when the, the first night of the uh, the conference we were at last week, um, you we we had a conversation kind of jokingly, or that how young the industry is becoming, and mm -hmm. that, but our our and and again as we get older everybody else becomes younger and and that's a norm in industries. But one of the things that we found is is that as much as the industry is becoming loud uh, younger, it's becoming a lot more energetic. There's a lot of passion involved in this in franchising. And do you, I guess my question is this, uh, and you've been around the block, just like I have uh, a few times. Couple, do you yeah. see the need for franchising as an industry um, to remain a positive attribute to the, to the entrepreneur, the business owner as an option, uh, the success rates of owning a franchise? Do you see that? our industry and there are a lot of political things that you and I could get into about the industry we'll save that for another time yeah uh, but 
are you seeing the industry remain positive and a, an asset to the entrepreneur and someone who really wants to get into business ownership? Yeah, I mean, the, the short answer is 100%, absolutely irrevocably, yes. Uh, the reason is, Scott, is uh, you and I have both done entrepreneurial things. Being an entrepreneur is a dream, right? Our dream is to own your own business. If you ever want to develop true wealth, it's not going to be generally as a W-2 employee, right? right. Uh, and so people that want to kind of write their own destiny, create generational wealth, uh, or at least earn, earn more and control their destiny more, they need to, they need to get into entrepreneurialism. They need to start a business. And, and here's the challenge, though, is you look at those rates. The success rates are abysmal when people are just starting their own business. Franchising creates the operating system, the, and the, the infrastructure, the tools, everything, like a proven model. And says, it says, it write us a check to essentially you know, buy, buy the rights to use all this, but we've already got the package ready for you. And the success right. rates are astounding. Uh, and so you can take someone who doesn't have any, any um, let's say, marketing intelligence whatsoever. Let's say it's an accountant, very savvy on the finance side, decent with human relationships, but no idea how to market. He or she would fail starting a business. Yep. And yet they buy a franchise and they can be incredibly successful because the franchise system, uh, they, can, they kind of help uh, uh, take care of that need that's a deficiency in, in, in a normal person that wouldn't be a general entrepreneur that'd be great at everything, right? That's, that's right. a unicorn. Uh, so. Yeah. No, I, that's I say, interesting. Yeah. That, that, that's a great, great way to look at it. You know, for me, and, I, and I'm sure you've heard this from other consultants that, you know, one of the, some of the pushbacks on why somebody shouldn't do something or they don't want to do a franchise other than fear and anxiety and finances. Yeah. A lot of people say to me, and, I, and I've had this conversation with other consultants is, well, they don't want to pay royalties. And, you know, so sometimes it's really helpful to educate people on what royalties are. I mean, royalties are how the franchisor earns their money. I mean, that's uh -huh. their income source. Uh, they don't get right. it on marketing dollars. They very rarely get it on product uh, mm -hmm. unless they're a, a product distribution license type agreement. But I, I've always tried to explain to somebody, yes, you may, you may go out and start your own home services type business as an independent or even open your own restaurant. And mm -hmm. physically, you're not paying royalties. I get it. But on the back end, you really are paying royalties because you have to take some of your money and it's probably going to be a lot more than you're paying in royalties to develop your back end and your system and your technology. Oh, and yeah. some people really wake up to that and say, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're not writing yourself a check every month for royalties, but mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're taking money out for this. You're taking money out to build that. That's a royalty to the company, right? Matter of fact, oh, yeah. it's an expense. Uh -huh. So, um, you know, so, but just to touch lastly on the industry and keep going on the industry here, um, what, what positive things have you seen out of the industry? And if somebody's coming in, starting to look at franchising for the first time, uh, exploring business owner, is there anything that they should really be concerned about? Um, you know, any red flags that should be on the top of the list as they start their validation process? Anything mm -hmm. that you're seeing or hearing that, uh, you know, somebody should be aware of? Yeah, well, let's start with the positive. I'll, I'll just say this, like I've worked in a lot of industries, so have you, Scotty. And the one thing that I find is that this industry is, is just flush with good people who give a darn, um, down to earth people. These are the people that started the carpet cleaning business 20 years ago. Now they've got 200 units, right? right. Uh, and many of them, they don't change uh, that much. You know, they become wealthier, right? But then they, they're, um, they, they have to go through such a grind to get to that point as a franchisor. They're just good down to earth people. 
they do the industry itself does things that are incredible like you know i went to an event we raised like you know 12 grand for the ronald mcdonald house and assembled like 600 kits for kids like the industry has a conscience uh, and the industry is also actively involved in trying to protect this business model in America. So as an industry, I mean, there's so many good things about it. Um, some of my, my greatest friends I've developed in this industry, and I haven't been in it too long, like four years. So um, I, I, I just think anyone who's looking at franchising, you, you should just be aware, this is, this is a great place. It's a great ecosystem. And people are open to helping anyone succeed. You can be sitting across the table with a competitor. And they'll sit down with you and be like, hey, let me tell you about my experience. Like, the, it's, it's a big blue sky mentality in this industry that I've never seen anywhere else, which I love. Uh, yeah, it's, an so open, that, it's an open book. I mean, everybody respects each other. I mean, I, I, I mean, you know, I, I think the funny thing is, you know, you, you know, Joe Smo has been at X brand for six years. And the next thing you know, you meet him at a conference and he's with a competitor and the competitors are talking. It's like, I mean, I've never seen it in any other industry. I mean, you, you hired my salesperson. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to level you out. I mean, I'm coming after you. And, and, and in the franchise industry, you don't have that. No, and it's even with brand people that own multiple brands. It's the same thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Look, you own a McDonald's. Now you want to own a, a chicken place. Okay, great. Let's make sure it's not competing and da da da. da. Yeah, yeah. But you're absolutely right. It's, it's a, it's a, franchising there's a lot of giving back to the community and yeah, uh it's, it's it, it, it's a dave um I, I i i can't believe our time is up here i i i think you and i could just you know sit around and uh crack open a bottle of jameson and probably just carry on this conversation until dinner time but um in all fairness to everybody else um Anything that we might have, we should have mentioned that, you know, we haven't mentioned uh, that potential business owner, that entrepreneur, uh, that multi-unit franchisee looking to diversify. Uh, anything you want to add about this, our, our, our conversation? Sure. Any thoughts? Yeah. A wrap, wrap up thought. Um, your question, your second question was, what should somebody be looking for? It'll be red flag, not necessarily red flag, but strategically, what should you be paying attention to? Uh, labor is, is a big one that I would say. Let's end on this note from me. Uh, if you're looking at a franchise concept, right now, the labor market's tough. Like it's, in, as inflation increases, uh, unemployment will swing back. People will be seeking for jobs again. Handouts have declined. Like there's all this stuff at play right now, which has made the labor market really crappy for business owners. So uh, as much as possible right now, I, I just say, pay attention to how labor intensive the business is. Are you yep. hiring a lot of staff? And if so, are they low level staff, mid level, high level, mid and high level, like uh, old people older than like 35 are, are a lot easier to hire right now than people that are under 35. Exactly. So if you're, Great point. Yeah. So if you're dependent upon labor to make the business thrive, then reevaluate that or make sure you've got a great st strategy it's not a deterrent right but you just have to go into it eyes wide open and say okay i know you know i i just finished coaching my second year of high school baseball like i've got a great connection to a whole bunch of kids that are 18 to 20 now it wouldn't be as hard for me as somebody who's like i don't know a soul like my kids are zero like i've got a baby i don't know anyone in that age group right like you got to make sure that you're plugging into that that ecosystem so you've got access to labor if you need entry-level labor otherwise you're gonna have a trouble you're gonna have some trouble yeah good good uh dave um Outside of uh, connecting with you on LinkedIn, uh, what is the best way for somebody who wanted to learn more about what your organization does on the technology side, the CRM side, uh, information side? I mean, what's the best way for someone to get in contact with you? 
Yeah, I mean, you can reach out on LinkedIn. I'm on there quite a bit. Uh, you can also just email me, Dave at ClientTether.com. I'm an open book. Happy, even if you don't want to buy something from me, like I'll connect <laughs> with you. I'll, I'll answer questions. I'll connect you to people who are experts. That's something I'm I'm really quite good at. If you come to me with a problem, I'll be like, hey, it's not me, but let me tell you, this guy right here and that gal right there, they'll they'll answer it for you. So I'm I'm happy to to you know, kind of be air traffic controller if you need something as well. Great, great. Well, again, everybody, this is Scotty Milas, Scott Milas Franchise Coach.com. Another great episode on technology and franchising. Uh, you know, what you should be looking for in a franchise uh, on the technology side uh, with my good friend Dave Hansen. Again, another episode of What's Your Know, Know Your Why, and uh, all things considered franchising. Uh, obviously, you can reach me at Scott at Scott Milas Franchise Coach.com or go to my website, Scott Milas Franchise Coach.com. And of course, on LinkedIn, Scott Milas. Uh, Dave, again, great, great, great conversation. Wish we had more time. Uh, I'm sure we'll have you back again. Uh, there's a lot to talk <laughs> yeah. about in the industry, but let's make it a great day. And again, Dave Hansen, Client Tether. Uh, reach out to him on LinkedIn or, uh, you know, the information that you see or hear uh, and the best way to get a hold of him. Thanks again. This is Scotty Miles signing out.